Hey and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. I'm Jonathan Gellner, and today we're talking about things in practice that our players love. I don't think there's anything better for creating buy-in than getting players to love coming to practice every single day. And when we can do that, everybody wins. So I'll start off by giving you some ideas that you can use in your practices, and then I'll read in the user write-ins. Let's go! A few ideas that I have have to start with competition. Any sort of competition. One thing that I picked up lately that I've really liked, I got from Jake McKinley on the ABCA podcast, shout out to Sheets, and how he keeps score on the practice plan. So every day they compete in, I think, four teams, and he keeps the running total at the bottom of the practice plan. I love it, and I think that it's a great idea. So something that our POs love, and it started out as kind of a joke, but it really caught on because they loved it, is once or twice a week, usually the day before the games, and whenever we stop doing our our indie work, we'll get on the mound, and we'll do PFP with these mush balls. And I don't, I don't know a better description for them, but they're these soft yellow balls with holes in them that maybe go 20 feet and like 30 miles an hour. So it's almost like a wiffle ball. So I'll have them get on the mound, go through their motion, and hit comebackers to them. And granted, you know, using the description that I just gave you, you can imagine that they don't go very far or hard, but it's fun. And if it hits the ground, just make sure you have them complete their footwork to first, but they love it. They really enjoy doing that. And, and even if I forget, you know, one week that we're doing it, they'll always remind me. So that's something that can spice up, you know, your PFP a little bit. One that I remember from college at South Mountain, shout out to Coog Nation, that I always thought was fun was to end outfield indie work. Most practices, we would take fly balls off the ATEC, but he would put in the amount of baseballs that we had outfielders. So if we had seven outfielders, he would get seven baseballs. And he'd put them in the ATEC in rapid succession. So say, for instance, you've got, like I said, your seven outfielders, your seven baseballs. So he would put them in just as fast as he could. And so pro tip with this, if you're, if you're a player and your coach decides to do this, is what we would do before we would start is we'd be like, okay, I've got, I've got ball three, you've got ball four, he's got ball six. And so whenever they'd come out, we would just, we would start counting, counting them off. And so it was fun and it taught us to communicate a little bit better, but it was just something that, again, they all go in different directions. So it's something that's a lot of fun. Another one that I really like is backwards baseball. And backwards baseball is just another one to switch it up and it's just like it sounds. So you have to run the bases and field and throw in the opposite direction that you usually would. So you're going to run to third which is now first, and you're going to throw to third, which is now first. So every throw that you have to make, it has to be to the opposite bag than it, w- than it usually would be. And so it's something that it's a good one when you need a laugh, and it's a good one to break up the monotony of just the time of the year that you're in or whatever. And if you want to get really advanced, have them hit opposite handed. Now that is really tough, but it, but it is a lot of fun to watch. The next one I've got for you guys is called Arizona Ball, and I don't know who came up with it. It's just the name that I wrote down several years ago. And so you've got two teams. You split your group up into two teams. You've got one that's hitting off of a tee at home plate, and then they're as soon as they hit it, they take off running the bases. And then the other team is split up into two groups. So they've got a group that's lined up on one side of the plate, so say the third base side of the plate, and they've got another one that's that is on the first base side of the plate. 
So as soon as the hitting team hits the ball, they run to as many bases as they can get. But as soon as they hit it, the other two groups have to run and get it. And there's a lot of strategy involved, especially when you have a fast runner on one side. So the hitting team is like, okay, so we've got a we've got a fast guy on the first base side, so we need to hit it down in the left field gap. And so it ends up being a lot of fun. It does end up being tough uh, with the sprints, but each round ends when both players uh, that came from both sides of the plate touch the ball. And the team with the most bases on offense wins. So that's another fun one. A couple basic ones that you guys can use in practice. And again, you, you probably have used any, if not all of these, but I want to throw them all out there because you know our players really like them. Knockout is just knockout gain for infield ground balls. And so the winner usually got a Gatorade in their locker the next day or whatever. And so the infielders who booted the ball were out, just like the game knockout. And just an added thing is every now and then we'd make them come to home and run just singles. So uh, to put a little pressure on the infielders that were still in the game. Another similar one to that was the pickle game. So you have a runner in the middle of the rundown. And whoever, whatever team that the runner is on, they count the throws. And so if you're the team that's on offense, so the runner, if you can get the defensive team to uh, have a ton of throws, so at the end of the game, the team with the least amount of throws wins. And while we're at it, uh, another good one for some competition that you get some live action is uh, pitchers and catchers versus base runners. And that's a good one for both sides, but especially was that base runners started to realize how hard it is to get them out, even when the pitchers and catchers knew that they were going to be going. So that's another good one as well. Another thing that I really liked, and uh, it's something that I instituted as a, as a JV coach, was our practice player of the week. And this was a lot of fun. So at the end of the week, I would gather all of our players, coaches would gather all of our players, and we would just have them vote who they wanted to be their practice player of the week. So it's one of those things where if the players don't win it and your teammates know whether you should win it or not, and they usually, and usually don't deserve to, uh, they get a kick in the butt. And so hopefully they started practicing harder, especially if they're, if everybody's won it getting into the end of the season and they haven't even gotten, you know, gotten close. But when I did this, we would have them wear a t-shirt all week. And then that was the guy that we would go to if practices weren't going well. I mean, he is the practice player of the week and all, right? Another fun one, but a really simple one that I like is bus trivia. And so you have any sort of trivia question before you leave for a road trip, before you leave for a game, and you'd really be surprised what your players know and don't know. So talking to the POs and a couple more things for them to do is is one that they really liked was POBP. So whenever one of the POs gave up no runs in an outing, then they got to take BP the next day, and they and they really liked that a lot. All pitchers think that or know that they can hit, right? So it gave them the opportunity to show off. And another one that they mentioned was light-throwing days that they wanted to get on the mound, we'd play horse. So we would usually set up the nine square nets, so the three across, three down, and we would play horse. And so one pitcher would call a shot, so he'd say, hey, fastball, bottom left, and if they hit it, then the next guy has to. And so it's it's just the same as the basketball game, and it, and it does, it, it's a lot of fun, and they have to compete in something. We love having them compete in anything, so that was another thing that they mentioned that they really liked. 
So the final thing that I'll, I want to leave you guys with as we transition to summer ball and the off season, and this was an overwhelming hit in the fall, and that was our baseball competition, and we called it the Mule Challenge. So it's the same principle as the Omaha Challenge, but with our own twist, our own name. So competition days were Fridays, and we'd track winners and losers over the course of the fall. Losers did some sort of you know sucky activity, whether it was cleanup or a few extra sprints. And then the last week of the fall, we did an entire week of stuff. So entire entire week of competitions that we made up, and we filmed it, made a video, and then we gave out a an individual winner award. And so this individual winner got this huge WWE style belt that stayed in the program. He got to put his name on it. And the team all got t-shirts. So it was always fun, and it definitely breaks up some of the monotony of the fall. But just remember, you can turn anything into a game. You just have to be creative. And the players will really be into it, especially if you are. Now on to user write-ins. And this is my favorite part because I get to hear what you guys do. And again, with these mini-episodes, they only work if you guys do. So thanks again for the those who wrote in, and let me get to those. So the first submission is from Jesse, and he said that his players love that they scrimmage at the end of every practice, and so they treat it like a game, and they have three teams of four. Next up, we have Coach Aaron Unish with the Diamond Baseball Club, and he said a couple of things, which the first one was ESPN Web Gems. He said players take turns at shortstop, and a player gets a routine ground ball. If he fields it and throws it, throws it to first successfully, he gets another turn. On the second turn, they get a non-routine ground ball and have the freedom to make a spectacular play that would be a web gem on ESPN. It brings out their athleticism and the players love it. Second thing is he said that this is a hard hit ball scrimmage. Coach pitches and hitters earn points for hard hit balls, coach's judgment. Three points for a hard hit line drive to the center part of the field, gap to gap. Two points for a hard hit line drive to the outfield. And one point for a hard hit ground ball. Five points for a home run. Defense earns a point for making a play on defense, and we keep score on the scoreboard, and the players really, really like that. Next up, we have Coach Garrett Cox, who said a couple of things that we did this past season that our kids loved. Number one, last man standing. Basically, players field in their position and take basic fungos at that position. Any error or bad throw, wrong footwork, lazy effort, and that player's out. Guys fielding throws from the outfield aren't necessarily held accountable on tough throws, but could be for an even tougher competition. So move through your your team fielding routine and each player making a play. Anytime an error is made, the player is out and goes to the third baseline and watches and cheers on his teammates. Just going until the last player has made an error. Just like the spelling bee when, the, when down to the last two, if you miss it and the next guy misses it, you're both still in. When one guy misses and the next guy makes his play, he's the winner. Number two, work wins BP. I think I took the name from the TCU baseball, but anyways. Split your team into smaller hitting groups with mixed abilities, making them as even teams as possible. Grouped 4-5. to five. Each pitch is live, and the defense is trying to get the batter or any runners on base out before they can score. Each team hits for a prescribed amount of time, usually anywhere from 8 to 15 minutes is what we did, and every hit is with less than two outs, so runners can tag up and defense can turn two if possible. When the first group's time is up, the score is kept on the scoreboard in the home, as the home team score. The next team score will be the visitor score unless they beat the first team's score and they can replace the score on the home side. The game continues for as many hitting groups that you would have. Winners get a Powerade or other food slash drink as a prize. 
And it was awesome seeing the defense communicate and plan ahead for each pitch without a coach directing them, and the offense talking about tagging up and not running on ground balls in front of them when not forced to run. The competition was fierce every time we played this game, and if you tie, if you have a tie, then you can have an extra inning hit off where each team picks one player to hit and gets an extra base hit or better than, the, than that team wins. Next up, we have Nolan Dietrich, who wrote in and said that 21 outs off of coach pitch or the tee, and I love that twist to it. You know, we usually stand in the batter's box as a coach and hit fungo to wherever we want with 21 outs, so I really like that. We have Mark Malonis, who wrote in and said that his kids love jump rope as conditioning to change it up a little bit. Our next submission came in from Mike Reed. Now, Mike Reed gave us three drills. Number one. Take fungos in the outfield with eye patches on and switch the left and right eye every five reps. He said that that it increases concentration and focus almost immediately. Number two, I have outfielders use a fungo and self-toss fly balls and ground balls to the remaining outfielders. And he said that they enjoy the unpredictable nature of the player hitting fungos and they get plenty of work on reading and identifying live swing plane and bat path. This also doubles as another offensive situation. And then finally, he said the outfielders start by facing me approximately 120 feet away, and then they start sprinting to their right. I'll lead them with a fly ball, line drive, or a ground ball. And he said it teaches them to run full speed and adjust to changes in velocity of the ball and make decisions on how to best play the ball. Be sure to work on both sides. And he said that they can all, you can also have them sprint in and sprint back as well to work on deep and shallow. And then finally, we have Sean Reed who wrote in and said to keep score for offenses and hitting when hitting in situations. Group with the highest score gets an extra two rounds while the other teams run. So to end it, I have a challenge for you guys. Have you ever had a job that you dreaded going to work every single day? So how can we prevent this and help spice up our practices to make sure our players love coming to practice every single day? Let me know at AOTC underscore podcast or email me at jgelner7 at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show to help others find and stay ahead of the curve.